Oh yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls of the neighborhood. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, and welcome to By the Book, a fantasy booking wrestling podcast. Though I suppose there aren't many fantasy booking podcasts that don't have to do with wrestling. I guess you could fantasy book a TV show or a movie, I suppose, but that's not really called fantasy booking it's really just wrestling so welcome to this fantasy booking podcast Uh, i'm not going to talk about anything that's happened lately i'm just going to spend the next 45 minutes um on the nomenclature the words uh about what to call this podcast is that okay with you great all right let's move on um as i sit here and record talking to you uh, I'm feeling good. Clash of the Champions was last night. I have just had a delicious bowl of lasagna soup. If you don't know what that is, um, first of all, if you're out there on your own, if you're living out in the world on your own, you're not still living with uh, mom, dad, or anyone else. And if you are, that's totally fine. Many of you are young people who should get off my lawn. Um, but if you're out there living on your own and you don't have a crock pot or slow cooker, shame on you. Get one. It will be a friend to you. Um, and then once you get one, uh, you should also get the liners that you put in. Makes cleanup much easier. Uh, do this. Um, take a can of your favorite tomato sauce. Put it in. Take some, uh, chop up an onion. Put that in. Take some fresh spinach. Uh, I wouldn't advise frozen spinach. Fresh spinach works best. Put that in. Uh, you could add carrot if you wanted to. If you're a fan of garlic like I am, um, chop some of that up. Throw that in. Uh, take some beans. Whatever kind of beans you like. Uh, we used a combination of cannellini beans and I think red kidney beans. Uh, you can use whatever works for you. I wouldn't recommend refried beans, I suppose, um, but any of other of that. And I think that was it. We might have added a little bit of water. Um, you're essentially going to slow cook that for four to six hours. Um, you can do even longer on low. Uh, doesn't take very long. Well, it takes a while, but it's not hard, obviously. It's just a handful of ingredients. I don't think we added anything else. We might have added some salt, pepper, garlic powder, spice to your particular tastes. And then uh, when you come home, this is a great thing to prep in the morning. Like I said, it's very easy. Uh, Leave for the day to go about your your daily tasks. Uh, Come home, and about a half an hour before you intend to eat, you take some lasagna noodles. You don't cook them. You take them raw or dry uh break them into small pieces the the recipe we used said three i put in six 
because I like, I you know, while I am a soup fan, I like there to be significant substance to my soup. So take six of those noodles, uh, break them up into small pieces, put them directly into the soup. Don't boil them separately. Put them into the soup and leave it there for another half an hour. During that time, the uh, lasagna noodles will cook inside the soup itself, which helps to give them a lot of flavor. Uh, and then you're done, you know. Top with Parmesan cheese if you would like. And, you know, uh, you are more aware of your particular taste buds and preferences than I am. Um, you could add mushrooms to this, I suppose. I don't know if I've ever put mushrooms in the slow cooker. You want to be careful with a slow cooker because, uh, you know, these things are going to cook low and slow for a very long time. So certain things will fall apart. Um, mushrooms might be one of those things. Uh, you could certainly add meat to this. This is a vegetarian recipe. Not that I'm a vegetarian, obviously, but you could add, uh, you know, chicken or hamburger, I suppose, make it a meat, a meat lasagna soup. Uh, but add to what you want. Top with cheese. You know, we, we took some Tuscan bread we had sliced from the weekend. I was making grilled cheese with Tuscan bread, you know, pour some olive oil and some bread dipping liquid in there. And you've, you've got yourself or spices rather, you've got yourself a delicious meal. Uh, you know, I've been home for a little over an hour. I had time to finish cooking that, eat it, enjoy it, spend some time with Mrs. Matthews, jot down some notes for today's episode, which I promise you will not solely be about food, uh, and then sit down. So it's a great idea. Uh, if, if you're interested, I will share more of these. There are plenty of other better cooks uh, than I out there in the neighborhood. You know who you are at Hyphen Smith. Um, you know, but people obviously enjoyed Liam's thing. This isn't a periscope. I'm sorry, you're not going to watch me make the lasagna soup. Uh, but just a recipe. We're getting towards the cooler parts of the year. Something nice and warm that is very easy for you uh, to cook and clean. Would not be a bad thing to uh, make for a date. I know many of you out there are uh, looking for love, or as Eddie Murphy said when he played Buckwheat in SNL, a Wookin' Panub. Uh, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, but it's a good recipe. Let me know if you try it. Let me know what you think. I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm, I'll fix it if I am. Uh, but let's talk about wrestling. And, and it took me six minutes to get into this because I have a confession to make, and many of you in the neighborhood aren't necessarily going to like it. Here it is. I like Raw more than I like SmackDown right now. And that's a very weird thing for me to say. I think it's it has to do most with just my habits. I am used to watching wrestling on Monday nights and or Tuesday mornings, depending on when I fall asleep. Um... I know, I know that I've been doing that now for the better part of two years since I rejoined the wrestling world, and now that I podcast, I'm, I'm used to that. This is, I'm comfortable with that. I'm not yet comfortable with watching wrestling on Tuesday nights or Wednesday mornings. And, you know, I know what you're thinking. What's the difference between Monday night or Tuesday night? It's psychological. I have yet to watch a full SmackDown in a couple of weeks. I just, I go to bed early, and then I wake up the next morning, and I'm doing other things, and I don't get to it. I have still yet to see Dean Ambrose wrestle John Cena. So part of it is psychological. Part of it is just the habits of being a wrestling fan. But there also has to be something else. Why am I watching Raw? Why do I make sure to finish Raw when I don't make sure to finish SmackDown? 
what is it about Raw that I like better? Could be, I like some of the talents better. You know, SmackDown has Bray Wyatt, which is great. I love Bray Wyatt, despite the fact that I think we all know what we're getting now. Well, and I suppose that's it. SmackDown has Bray Wyatt. Yeah, they have AJ Styles. AJ Styles is great. Dean Ambrose can be fun. John Cena always does good stuff. But the only must-see talent on SmackDown is Bray Wyatt, and he's at a point in his career where he's not even must-see anymore. But then I look at Raw. Bo Dallas, obviously. I've got to watch Bo. I gots to watch my Bo. Uh, Kevin Owens, I think, is must-see. Seth Rollins, I think, is must-see. Rusev, I think, is must-see. Uh, Cesaro isn't must-see, but he's always good. Sami Zayn's always good. The amount of talent, the cruiserweights, the amount of talent on Raw, and I know this is not new information, that there's more talent on Raw than there is on SmackDown, but this is why I'm watching it. This is why I like it more. I like the talents more on Mondays than I do on Tuesdays. And Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, my partner in crime in the podcasting world, probably couldn't disagree more with me on this. You know, he watches SmackDown. He doesn't necessarily finish Raw. So it's it's a weird position for me to be in, uh, in that I, you know, I like Raw. I was more excited for Clash of the Champions than I was for Backlash, by far. So help me out, neighborhood. This is what I'm saying. I need somebody tell me something. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I like uh, what's happening in the SmackDown Women's Division. Um, you know, I really did expect Eva Marie to come out last week, but regardless, you know, Alexa Bliss is doing some good things. I'm excited. I like that the Usos turned heel. Uh, Rhino can crush crackers all day long. It'll make me happy. What is it about SmackDown that I'm not getting? What is it about SmackDown that I'm not able to grasp that's making me finish it? So help me out. And also help me out because we've hit the 10-minute mark and I haven't done any fantasy booking yet. So what I'm thinking, I don't want to set a precedent. I really don't. But what I'm thinking is it would make sense to do a buy-the-book after every pay-per-view. Because where do we go from here? This is the question I was asking myself listening to the NAI pod post-show. They were beginning to talk about it and I had to shut it off because I started thinking about it and I don't want to take their ideas and suddenly say they're my ideas. Um, but where do we go from here? You know, we just had a solid B pay-per-view. I think that's probably, I would, I'm not going to look it up, but if I went onto the New Age Insiders at New Age Insiders on Twitter and I scrolled through their feed to find their poll, I'm guessing it's going to be about a B or a C but probably more of a B. Last time I checked, it was like 45% B, 39% C, you know. And, and I, if I was doing things, if Jason Maltoff ever listens to this, hey, buddy, hope you're doing well. I really do think you need to do a podcast where you just do it in all of your characters all day long or for the entire show. Um, I personally think it's a little weird that you go A, B, C, and D are lumped together and then F. It would make more sense for me to go A, B, C, and then lump D and F together. Probably nitpicking here, but just it came to mind, so I thought I'd share it. Um, Clash of the Champions is a B show, and I, I want to know, before I get into the fantasy booking, let me take just another minute of your time, and I appreciate you sticking with me here. What is wrong with a B show? What is wrong with Clash of the Champions, a minor raw pay-per-view, being a B 
you know, I maybe it's the the educational system and then being a part of the educational system. You know, perhaps I'm somewhat to blame for this. Um, what is wrong with a B show? Why does it have to be an A? Why does this show? Now, granted, yes, it is the first raw pay-per-view of the brand extension, but we already had the big moment. Sasha won the women's title. Kevin Owens won the universal title. Why do we have to have a show where suddenly something else ridiculous happens? Be happy with a B show. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, it was a B. I didn't like this and I didn't like that. If you're giving it an 85 or even in the 80s, I don't know what the rankings for grade levels or grade equivalencies are where you come from. Talk about what you like. You liked 85% of it. Tell me about that. Don't tell me about the 15% you didn't like. This is the whole core of promoting positivity. Tell me about what you liked. I liked that Cesaro and Sheamus, despite having wrestled nine times, we'll get to that, nine times, put on perhaps the match of the night. I liked that Rusev versus Roman Reigns was the intense, almost street fight we really hoped it would be. I liked TJ Perkins' entrance music. You know, tell me about what you like. Don't go on Twitter and just share the stuff you didn't like. You're what gives wrestling fans a bad reputation when you do that. If you're going to be negative, be like Doc Manson or like myself. When I do get negative, it happens to everyone. Be rational about it. I didn't like this because of this. Don't don't go on to Twitter and say this happened and then start swearing at WWE like it's a person with feelings. Don't do that. I'm sorry. I apologize to anyone I offend when I say this, but you seem so stupid when you say that. Because they're not... You know, you're not saying that to everyone in the organization. If you want to say, I don't even like it when you say it to Kevin Dunn or Vince McMahon, but I'd rather you do that. That's at least a person. Saying, you know, go take a jump in the river, and trust me, you get more colorful than that. Don't say, go jump in the river, WWE. It's not a person. It's an inanimate object or a series of hundreds of animate and inanimate objects. Tell me what, you know, if you have to tell me what you didn't like, tell me why, and then stop talking about it. And put the focus on the things you like. Please. Thank you. And other politenesses as well. All right. Let's get into actually some talk about where do we go from here. It might be considered fantasy booking. Depends on your definition. I just want to go match by match with you. Talk about where they go from here. Pre-show, Nia Jax versus Alicia Fox. I think we get the point with Nia Jax now. She wrestles differently. She's not like most girls. She wrestles differently. She's got different style. She's got a more powerful base. We get it. I think the time... it. I don't think she's going to grow any, either in-ring-wise or from a character perspective, by continuing to do this. Plus... All that's left is Paige. Summer Rae's injured. Uh, Emma's injured still, although potentially she could be back. You know, I don't think we're going to see her going after Dana Brooke. Though, I'm telling you, Sasha and Nia Jax would be an intriguing combination. I, I think 
that would do well for both of them. But that's, you know, that's a little fantasy nugget for you. Sasha turning heel with Nia as her kind of backup slash running buddy. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, I think it's time, you know, if Nia Jax is going to be in the women's title picture, it might as well be now. Um, you know, we'll talk about this when we get to the women's match. You know, there's a lot of questions. Uh, but I think Nia is ready to be in that Bailey sasha charlotte conversation. She's not going to be as uh, talented in the ring as those three women. But from a character perspective, we get it. She's beaten a lot of people. You know, Braun Strowman hasn't been, to the best of my knowledge, on a pay-per-view yet. So he can still squash some people, plus the male roster is deeper. Um, Nia Jax, is, at this point, is spinning her wheels. She beat Alicia Fox on a pay-per-view, or at least on a pay-per-view pre-show. Uh, time to go with it if you're going to go with it. Uh, Alicia Fox, sadly probably back to obsolescence. She was better than I remember her being. Um, I probably missed most of the Alicia Fox era in pro wrestling, but, you know, she had a couple of nice moves. But really, you know, there's not enough time on a three-hour show, which is weird to say because SmackDown seems to figure it has figured out how to do kind of two storylines. I don't think there's a huge amount of time to do anything major with Alicia Fox, so it's probably back to not being on TV or being on main event or superstars, whatever the Raw show is. Somebody tell me, please. Somebody at me, at DC Matthews NAI, and tell me which show goes to which brand. Is main event a Raw show or a SmackDown show and vice versa? Somebody help me. Um, All right. New Day. New Day defeated Gallows and Anderson. I missed most of this match. Um, I came in a little late. I, you know, caught the ending. I'll have to go back and watch it because I do like New Day quite a bit. Um... I I don't understand. You know, I still like New Day. I still think there is a reason to keep the three of them together. But as I'm sure I've said on a podcast or two before, I do not think keeping the belts on them does anything for anybody. The Raw tag team division right now is not good. And when you've got all of this talent, there's no reason why that should be. And... I'm not going to just be negative and then throw it away. Let me give you some reasons why. Let's look at the teams after I drink some water. Ah, let's on your soup had a little spice to it. There's New Day. There's Gallows and Anderson, who, as we've seen, isn't going to win. Though, as I was writing, as I was prepping for this show, I did see that we're going to see a rematch. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why, the, you know, there's a very good chance Gallows and Anderson win the titles. Uh, tonight on Raw, in which case none of this matters. But I, you know, Vince likes round numbers. This is why I think John Cena is going to win 20 titles because it's a nice big round number. New Day being champions for 400 days means something, I think. I don't think they're going to take Demolition's record. I don't think that matters, truthfully. So, New Day... Might lose the titles, probably should lose the titles tonight, in which case all of this is for nothing. But you've got New Day. Gallows and Anderson have won by DQ and then lost. They're going nowhere. I'll talk about that in a little bit. You've got Enzo and Cass, who are, you know, the last thing I remember them doing was Enzo was giving birth to something in the ring. That is a really bad idea. The biggest two things I remember. Here's, here we go. No, let's do this. Here are the top three moments that I can think of 
of the WWE career of Enzo and Cass. Enzo almost dying in that match against the Vaudevillains, uh, Big Cass getting a universal title shot, and Enzo Amore giving birth to a hand in the ring. If those are the top three things that I can think of as a fairly regular, passionate wrestling fan, if those are the top three things I think of when I think of Enzo and Cass, you've got problems. So, they're struggling. Uh, you know, if Gallows and Anderson lose tonight, do you know who the number one contenders for the tag team titles are according to win-loss record? The Shining Stars which I don't have a problem with because I like Primo and Epico, and I'm still holding out hope for a return of Carlito. But that's who it is. Who are the other teams on that show? You've got New Day, Gallows and Anderson, Enzo and Cass, Shining Stars, and help me out. If you know of another team, again, send it to me. Educate me. I want to learn. Zayn and Neville, they teamed once, kind of. Jericho and Owens, I guess, are kind of aligned. Um... Do Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel still count? You know, that's, there's four teams, unless I'm missing something, and maybe I am, but there's four teams in that division. SmackDown pulled out an eight-team tournament, and they only had to bring back the headbangers. This is not good. So they have to do something, and I think if the New Day loses the title and you get some new blood as tag team champions and actually you take New Day out. And I know this is contrary thinking. Trust me. I get that this is almost hypocritical of me to spend all that time talking about the fact that there aren't enough tag teams and then taking away New Day. So maybe they have to stick around for a little while longer. New Day can stay a faction and be singles wrestlers. You've now got a cruiserweight division, a universal title, and a U.S. title. I might be, well, I'm not the only one. I know the neighborhood thinks Big E Langston could be a universal contender. But even if WWE doesn't, still, two-thirds of you could be doing something meaningful. Xavier Woods or Kofi Kingston probably are close enough to the 205-pound range where you could put them in the cruiserweight division, even if it was only on a part-time basis. And then, you know, I, I guess somebody was saying that New Day looked like they might be turning heel which would be weird against Gallows and Anderson. But, you know, Big E versus Roman Reigns for the U.S. title? Yes, please. Kofi Kingston, any of them. Have them as heels trying to use their numbers and the Freebird rule in a new way to go after Roman Reigns? That'd be great. That would be great. So, I want New Day out of the title picture. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. Uh, Somebody, I think it was, I never remember the name of the podcast, Sound Off? which is not a podcast I've ever listened to, but a lot of people rave about it, and somebody brought up the potential. I think it was Jason Solomon, who I believe is the host of the Sound Off podcast. I try to give people credit where credit is due. Uh, talked about the potential of having Cesaro and Sheamus since match 7 slash 9 went to a uh, double countout, essentially, or no contest, you know, letting them team up and challenge for the tag team titles. I think that would be great. And if it wasn't for the fact that Gallows and Anderson were getting their rematch, I'd really think that was a good idea. Um, but, you know, and again, to, to the broader point, do something like that. If Neville's not going to do anything, and I think he should go into the Cruiserweight division, but that's a subject for the next match we get to, put Neville together with somebody. Make some teams. You've got all of this talent on that roster. Make some teams. You know what I mean? Even if it's just like a temporary kind of thing, 
Make some teams. Slater and Rhino are tag team champions. They were not a team six weeks ago. Put some things together. You know, take a chance, WWE. Take a chance. Worst case scenario is it doesn't go anywhere and you break it up and we forget about it. Best case scenario, you get Slater and Rhino and something great happens. That's exactly what New Day is. New Day were three guys that weren't doing anything, whether it was their idea or the company's idea, they got put together to be like, hey, sure, why not? Let's see what happens. And all of a sudden, they are 400-day tag team champions. Take a chance, WWE. Put Bo Dallas with somebody. I don't know. Luke Harper would be funny, but he's going to come up later on by the book. But take a chance. All right, I'm going to stop saying that. Um, The Cruiserweights. I I tweeted this out earlier because the thought came to me. We gave so much uh, flack, which is a better word than I could have said. We gave so much flack to WWE for keeping TJ Perkins off of Raw. How, how, how could you possibly have your Cruiserweight champion not appear on the Raw with the debut of the Cruiserweights? Well, you know what? Now I kind of get it. If the reason was, and I don't know what the reason is, but if it was, so that entrance with that music could be a surprise on Clash of Champions, then I get it. I'm not wild about the Max Health HP sort of thing, but the music is super addicting. I've listened to it two or three times today already. Uh, It kind of goes with his kind of character and the look. So... And people loved it. People lost their minds over it. Some people hated it, but that's fine. Nothing is going to be 100% popular on Twitter. Nothing. Nothing. So, kudos to WWE if that was the decision they made. And I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say that probably was. Because there really was no other reason to not have TJ Perkins on that show. If they did it just to make the entrance that much more surprising and exciting, kudos to them. What happens with the Cruiserweights? Where do the Cruiserweights go from here? Last night's Cruiserweights match was decent. I didn't love it, but it was decent. Um, And you know what? Again, same thing like I was saying. A good Cruiserweight title match is better than no Cruiserweights at all. So I was happy. Uh, But at the same time... In my opinion, your first major high-profile Cruiserweight title feud needs to set the world on fire. And I like Brian Kendrick. I'm super glad he's getting a second chance. Buddy, probably not you. You know, I don't think they're going to continue to feud. I think Kendrick did the little headbutt at the end to show that he's a heel because the Cruiserweights haven't really had heels in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, So he's now a heel and TJ Perkins obviously is the babyface, so now we're starting to see good and bad in the division, which is always good. Um, so I think we need the new contender needs to be somebody exciting. Um, I would love it to be Gentleman Jack Gallagher. That's certainly an option. That would be fun. But I think you've either got to go with Cedric Alexander because he was the star of the Fatal Four Way, or, and I don't know if WWE is going to do this, but they should. You want an established guy to feud with your new Cruiserweight champion? Fine. Do something with Neville. He is obviously Cruiserweighty. I don't know if he's 205 pounds, but you can lie, WWE. 
don't be don't pick this to be honest about you lie about everything else so if that's it neville versus tj perkins yes please neville versus cedric alexander versus tj perkins yes pretty please neville versus perkins versus gallagher versus or gallagher versus alexander yes pretty please with a cherry on top do something with that you know i keep kendrick around he's great there's certainly a place for him but I would like to see the Cruiserweights start moving in a direction that will get people more excited. The crowd was not as into the Cruiserweight match as I think it could have been. Um, so that's what, you know, and the Cruiserweight division is still new. We've still got to meet these guys. We've still got to learn who they are. Hopefully, I would like them to get two segments tonight on Raw. That's what I'm hoping for, uh, along with maybe a vignette or two to really get us to know some of these guys. But I have faith. I have faith. The Pope of Positivity always has to have faith. Because, again, if WWE did that for Perkins, this is going to be just fine. Cesaro and Sheamus. I, I take issue, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, match seven ended with it. It's match nine. Because you have to remember, they wrestled twice before this. Before the best of seven started, they had already wrestled twice, and Cesaro had won both only then to go and become down 3-0 and because, you know, the best of seven didn't officially start until technically match three. They've wrestled nine times. And, I, you know, the match was great. I forget. I will freely admit. I forget that Sheamus can be a real good wrestler when he wants to. Everyone knows Cesaro's a great wrestler. But Sheamus does a real nice job when he's feeling up to it. And so I enjoyed it. I did not curse the wins, or WWE for that matter, with the way it ended. I'm almost intrigued. I really am. I'm almost intrigued by the way it ended, because it was unexpected. You might not have liked it, but it was unexpected. Where do we go from here? Do they become a tag team? Probably not now that uh, Gallows and Anderson are getting their title shot, but you never know. Uh, Do these guys become the next top contenders for the new United States champion, Roman Reigns. Have we seen? Now, Roman Reigns has wrestled Sheamus before, but have we ever seen Roman Reigns wrestle Cesaro? I honestly don't know. Maybe we have. But that's a match I'd like to watch. Roman Reigns versus Sheamus was never terrible, so I'd like to watch that. Do these guys move up to the main event scene? Hold that thought. We'll talk about it later. Intriguing. Possibilities. You know what I mean? If you didn't like it, fine. And I, I honestly, the logic is there. To tell a story about these seven matches and then to have it end with the potential for more matches, I do understand why some of you might not like it. And I appreciate those of you who chose to express yourselves in such a way that I can understand where you're coming from. But relax. It's not that big of a deal. Let's see what happens. Have faith. Uh, Chris Jericho. Moving on. Chris Jericho and Sami Zayn, which I thought was going to steal the show, and it didn't. Probably because it had to follow Cesaro and Sheamus, which stole the show and had a one of those, oh, God, he's dead kind of moments. It's kind of hard to follow a match with an, oh, God, he's dead. He's dead. Because you did. Cesaro landed on his head, and you were all like, okay, well, that's the end of Cesaro. It was nice while it lasted. So... Regardless, Chris Jericho, 
uh, I hear I hear whispers that Nerd DC is working on another uh, another song, and this one is dedicated to Chris Jericho, so that should be interesting. Nerd DC can always be counted on uh, to be topical. Um, he's been so good in 2016, especially post feud with AJ Styles, but even the AJ Styles feud was good. Doesn't Chris Jericho deserve to be in the main event? And you know, and I'm, I always feel awkward using the word "deserve." You know, it's it's hard to say who's really deserving. But his work has been phenomenal, arguably the best of his career. Uh, he still can go in the ring. He's slowing down a bit, but he's still a a very good wrestler. His character is amazing. He's got natural, there's a natural reason for him to be in the main event, because there's this thing going on with Owens, whatever it is, there was the slightest hint of tension there, because they there was a miscommunication at the end. I would like to see him in the main event. Uh, and then I think back to last year, Chris Jericho cannot be to Kevin Owens what Dean Ambrose was to Roman Reigns. And the personality is slightly different, but Dean Ambrose was called by me on these airwaves... Roman Reigns towel boy on multiple occasions. That's not what Chris Jericho can be. His work eclipses that. So I would love to see him in the main event. And so one of the things I'll be looking for on Raw tonight is whether or not that friction continues. If there is friction, I see it develop. Um, You know, because as much as I like Jericho and Owens being best friends, air quotes, something's got to give. As for Sami Zayn, you know, there's potential, there's options, but he seems like a guy who WWE is very happy to just put on the back burner for a while. You know, he did not, I don't believe he wrestled at SummerSlam. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. I don't think he wrestled at SummerSlam. So he could just, again, he could disappear. You know, I'd love to see him. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the U.S. title in a friendly rivalry? That would be kind of fun. Sami Zayn has had some of the better matches of the year. Roman Reigns has had very good matches all year. The two of them would do very well together. Sami Zayn could be put, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, into the main event scene. But at the same time, for every one of those he could be the first quote-unquote real feud for Braun Strowman. He could be the first real feud for new Bo, don't call me Etrigan, Dallas. And bonus points to you if you get that nerdy DC Comics reference. You know, there's a lot of things going here, and and I know a lot of you are, are just venomously and vehemently opposed to this notion but he could be a cruiserweight. He is listed at exactly 205 pounds. And I don't know why you think that's such a bad idea. I'm not saying he needs to, you know, he would be a way to kind of blur the line here. You know, one of the problems that many people have with the potential of a cruiserweight division is that the cruiserweights will be pigeonholed. Well, you're only a cruiserweight, which means you can't do other things. First of all, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. 
Chris Jericho, all former Cruiserweight champions who obviously went on to bigger and better things. But I understand your concerns, but having guys like Sami Zayn and Neville kind of go back and forth helps with that. And again, I talked about this on a show previously. I hope we see these Cruiserweights wrestle other guys. I don't want the Cruiserweights to only wrestle each other. Yes, there should be some Cruiserweight storylines, particularly revolving around the title, but... If Cedric Alexander can wrestle Seth Rollins or Sami Zayn or any number of people, he should. If we can get TJ Perkins versus Rusev just because, we should. You know what I mean? Cruiserweights don't have to wrestle only cruiserweights. So I don't think it's a bad idea for Sami Zayn to potentially be part of the cruiserweight division. Probably not yet. But if my choice is Sami Zayn in the Cruiserweight division or Sami Zayn on, and again, superstars, I'm just going to keep changing the names till someone corrects me, I'd rather see him as a Cruiserweight. And I don't know why so many people are against that idea. At DC Matthews NAI, educate me with your logic and your rationales and enlighten me. And let's have a discourse. Let's have a conversation about it. All right, so I don't know where Sami Zayn goes. Uh, speaking of lots of questions, the the women's triple threat. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I fell asleep during the women's match. Uh, and before you start yelling at me for whatever reason you might choose to yell at me today, uh, ask Doc Manson. Ask GQ. Not that he's on Twitter yet, but ask GQ. Ask anyone who knows me very well. I can fall asleep during anything. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I used to, when I lived, when Doc Manson and I lived together and we would watch wrestling and GQ would be over and our friend Brian would be over and all of these people would be there, I would fall asleep during every show. It's not, you know, It doesn't matter what's on TV. I will fall asleep. And I happen to be sitting in my office chair, but I had dragged the office chair into the... the other room and I was sitting there and I just started nodding off and so I got up and actually went into the bed and then totally passed out. So I missed most of the women's match but regardless there are lots of questions which does mean a lot of potential there was a little bit of a miscue. Sasha and Bailey had a little miscue at the end which led to Charlotte retaining do we see anything from that? You know people keep expecting Sasha to turn heel. It seems a little sudden because then you've got then it's really Bailey versus the world and I particularly don't care anything about that story. I'm sorry. I like Bailey. But Bailey versus a heel Sasha and a heel Charlotte who also don't like each other or maybe do like each other. I feel like I've seen that already. So I'm anti Sasha heel turn, but it could totally happen. Um you know, what's going on with Dana Brooke? Is that over? Is that still a thing? You know, are they friends? Are they not friends? Does Emma show up? You know, I think we keep waiting for Emma to show up and kind of be like, Dana, what are you doing? And smack some sense into her and Dana realizes, okay, you know, and the two of them can kind of go off. Um, I mentioned Nia Jax. Nia Jax probably deserves a mention in here too. Shouldn't she be involved? So we're kind of, you know, there's lots of questions. I don't really know what we, where we go from here, but the question I really want to ask you, Neighborhood for you to discuss with me is this one. Could we potentially ever see a female Hell in a Cell match? 
don't believe we've ever seen one before. Female gimmick matches that don't involve pillows or mud puddles are few and far between. The fact that we had a submission match in the women's division was a big deal back earlier this year when it was Natalia versus Charlotte. So, could we see one? I don't even know if we've ever seen a women's steel cage match. Again, tell me. You know, do the research and let me know. I think we could totally see a cell match if the feud warranted it. You know, I don't want to go on my little soapbox here about how the feud needs to meet or merit the gimmick match. You don't just force it in. Right now, the only feud on Raw that potentially could go into a cell really is Charlotte versus Dana, I think. So it's not ready for this year, but just for future for future years, could we see that? You know, we're going to wonder next year as we get closer to Money in the Bank, we're going to wonder if we should see a female Money in the Bank match. I personally think we should, and it should be cross-brand. There should be a female briefcase. Um, but I don't know. Let me know what you think. Do we see, you know, I don't know where we go from here in the women's division. We probably see some either rematch or, you know, it's going to involve Sasha and Charlotte and probably Bailey. But I don't know. You know, it's 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 very difficult for me to tell. If I had to, if you know, if I had to fantasy but well and again, fantasy booking, if I had to predict it's Sasha versus Charlotte. And it's Bailey versus Dana or Bailey versus Naya or something. But it's hard to say. You know, we just saw, we've seen multi women matches on SmackDown. Probably not the best time for us to see one on Raw. So, again, I don't know. And again, depth becomes an issue. There's five. Right now, Paige hasn't been on TV in a while. Alicia Fox isn't in the main event scene. And Emma's not back yet, as far as we know. There's five women in this division. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Nia, Dana. Five. Only so many ways you can mix those together before it stops being interesting. I'm sorry, but it's true. My man, Rusev. Roo, roo. Roo, roo. You know... He came out in a tank. He came out riding a tank at WrestleMania 31, I think. 31? Yeah, 31. And you really thought, okay, this is it. He's on his way to greatness. And then he lost to John Cena, which wasn't as big of a deal as a lot of people made it out to be. And then he's involved in the love rhombus. He throws a fish. Granted, career high point in the Wrestle Silly category. It feels like he's back. I feel like they've kind of reset and taken long enough. It feels like he's back where he was, WrestleMania 31, riding out on that tank. If there was ever a time to put him in the main event, it is right now. And I know that those are famous last words. I do know that. I do know that for every time we've said that, if there's ever a time to pull the trigger on such and such, it's right now. 
80 to 90% of the time, it never works out the way we'd like. And we just wind up cursing ourselves because we've raised the expectations in our own mind so that when it fails, we're way up here. Put your hand over your head up here. And we have to plummet much further than where WWE had it, which was kind of midpoint. But our own expectations make the fall hurt more. So I do get that. You know, but I, again, this is where I turned it off uh, last night on the NAI pod post show, or this this afternoon, I suppose. Like I was up at eleven thirty listening to a podcast. You got to do something with him right now. He cannot go wrestle Darren Young. He cannot go wrestle whomever in the kind of lower mid card. He cannot decide to start taking on every cruiserweight because he is the super heavyweight Rusev. While the matches would be good, he can't. He's got to either... He's got to be in the main event. Doesn't have to challenge for the Universal title. You can be a main eventer without being in the title picture. But either he's Triple H's guy to go against Rollins, he continues to feud with Reigns, a Reigns-Rusev-Hell in a Cell match is not the worst thing in the world. They did a great job last night. Rusev-Cesaro, not bad. Rusev-Zane, not bad. As long as it's for something. Could it be? Could you see Rusev versus Cesaro or Rusev versus Zayn with a universal title shot on the line later? Love it. Love it. But let's do something with Rusev, please. He is exactly what WWE wants him to be. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. It's been a while but still probably too soon to say, but I'm just going to go right out and say it. You might not like it, but that's okay. Being suspended for 30 days was the best thing to ever happen to Roman Reigns from a wrestling career perspective. Because he was on that rocket ship. He was flying on the meteor. He was riding the comet. Use whatever analogy or metaphor you'd like. He was soaring at such a fast pace, he was going to burn out. Again, go back to 1993, 94, watch the Lex Express. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Lex Luger comes over from WCW. Um, he has this really not very good gimmick as the narcissist Lex Luger. Then all of a sudden, Yokozuna is the champion. He's world champion. This big sumo wrestling anti-American monster. He's doing this body slam challenge. They are on the the, the USS Intrepid. They're on literally an aircraft carrier or something like that. And they're doing this live public demonstration where no one can body slam and people are trying to Tonka tries. The Steiner brothers try. They can't do it. All of a sudden, if memory serves, a helicopter comes out of the sky and lands. Out comes Lex Luger wearing a Stars and Stripes shirt. At no point had he been anything close to this before. He manages to body slam Yokozuna, though Bobby Heenan continues to say it was a hip toss. And then he literally gets on board a bus, the Lex Express, and goes from town to town, from village to Dell, all throughout this country, like a political candidate, drumming up support to wrestle Yokozuna. Now... This was a very condensed version. This only happened over a couple of months, but he was being forced down our throats. A wrestler that we didn't know, 
And all of a sudden, here he was. You know, now granted, if you were a WCW fan, you didn't know who he was. But for the most part, as someone who was not a WCW fan at the time, I didn't know who this guy was. I remember him. He was the guy that posed in the mirrors, and all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I didn't. And he fizzled out like that. All I'm saying. So, Roman Reigns was heading that way, and the crowd knew it. And then he gets suspended. And WWE is forced to take their foot off the accelerator. Forced to rethink things. Forced to take a step back. And whether or not it was intended all along, I can't believe it would have been. But he comes back, and it's better. He's not being shoved down our throats. He's wrestling good matches against quality opponents. He's losing. He's winning. He's losing. He's not just winning everything. He's winning and he's losing. And he's moving at a steadier, slower, more manageable pace. And the fans started to respond. Now I hear what you're saying, DC. Were you watching? They booed him. They booed him. Couple things. Number one, yes, they did. Number two, they're always going to. He is, for better or worse, John Cena in that sense that no matter what he does, unless he comes out on a Zamboni or on a milk truck or something like that, he's going to get booed. It's the cool thing to do right now. But also, let's look at the pay-per-view as a whole. Come with me on a little journey. Let's look at this as a whole. It's the second-to-last match of the night. We know... It's Clash of the Champions. So in the back of our heads, we're sure at least one title is going to change hands. You can't have Clash of the Champions and then have every champion retain. It would be weird. We know that. We're smart fans. We know something's going to change hands. We're pretty sure the Universal title's probably not going to be it. Kevin Owens just won it. Seth Rollins, there's the Triple H factor looming over it. He's probably not going to win. Owens is going to retain Tag titles have already been retained. Cruiserweight titles already been retained. Women's titles already been retained. The writing was on the wall. When those fans saw Rusev and Roman Reigns come out in their heads, consciously or subconsciously, we all knew that Roman Reigns was going to win because we needed somebody to be a new champion. And he was the only guy going. Had this match happened third, Take the Cesaro-Sheamus match, or even second. Let's move it to second. You have your tag titles. Now, again, I'm I'm going on tangents, but you know, known me long enough to understand that. First of all, there's only one tag match on the entire show. Why do you start with it? Besides potentially to get New Day to warm up the crowd, which would make sense, why start with a tag match, because you have a tag match, and then besides the women's match, you have nothing but singles matches for the rest of the night. Variety is the spice of life. Start with the cruiserweights. You want to get the crowd hyped up? You play TJ Perkins theme music. It's going to work every time. Start with Cesaro versus Sheamus. Get that match over with. Start with Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho. Why do you start with tag team? It just doesn't make any sense. And then, again, let me get back to my point I was making here. 
let's let's do this. Let's redo this whole thing. Start with Zayn versus Jericho, and then have the U.S. title match. So it's the first title match of the entire show. Any of these belts can change hands. I did wrestle Rankum. This thing I do where I give you four things. I didn't include the cruiserweights in this when people were giving me guff about it, but I knew the cruiserweight title was not going to change hands. You're not going to have TJ Perkins win this thing with this big cruiserweight classic thing and then lose in his first WWE appearance. That would have been a slap in the face to everyone who cared about the cruiserweight classic because it meant nothing. Wasn't going to happen. Didn't include it. Really, I just forgot about it. But regardless, wasn't going to happen. Didn't include it. So, Russell Rankum, people were real sure that the tag titles were going to change. That one won. That one had the most, the most points in my weird little scale of how I rank these things. Second was the U.S. title. We were pretty sure then it would. No, actually, I can't remember. I think it went U.S., then women's, then universal. We knew that wasn't changing hands. Regardless, I'm getting distracted again. Stop it. Stop making me go on tangents. Um... If the U.S. title match had been first, I don't know that Roman Reigns would have been booed that much. He would have because he's Roman Reigns. But still, it was entirely possible if that match goes on first of the title matches that Rusev could win. But when it's at 10-15 and no other titles are going to change hands because all of the other ones have been retained and you know the Universal title's not going anywhere... The writing's on the wall. So people booed Roman, I dare say, because they knew he was going to win a title, and we didn't want that from him. But I, regardless, where should Roman Reigns go from here as a champion? He should not bring back the U.S. Open Challenge in name, but he should do it in actions. The U.S. title should be treated like the television title was in WCW, defended every week. And I know what you're thinking, Doc Manson. Not that you would listen to 53 minutes of a show with just me in it. But you're thinking to yourself, self, if Roman Reigns is guaranteed to wrestle in a match every week, I'm definitely not watching Raw. And you are in the minority, my friend. Because Roman Reigns is having good matches. Put him in there with real talented guys. Let him have really good matches. Let him win. It's the U.S. Open. You know, it's not like he's going to lose a lot of these. Maybe he could lose some by countout or disqualification or something like that. Let us see him actually wrestle. That's been one of the big things. Some of the big things has been he's not great on the mic. He's been better. And he's not great in the ring. He's been better. He's not going to change his look. Let's just give up with that. He got red in his uniform. That's as good as we're going to get. But let him wrestle. Please give him another finisher, but that's a different show. Let him wrestle. My dream opponent for him is Luke Harper. If WWE wants to make me the happiest little boy in all of the WWE universe, Luke Harper makes his return on Raw, not SmackDown, and takes out Roman Reigns. And the two of them feud for the next few months, which goes against the whole fighting champion thing, but you could put it in there. You have the Shield versus the Wyatts in its own way. Roman Reigns, formerly of the Shield, Luke Harper, formerly of the Wyatt family. You have two big guys 
going after this title. Luke Harper, one of the most agile big men WWE has right now. Roman Reigns can work with guys like that. It would make many of us so very happy. So that's my one fantasy booking idea. I'm going to shoot into the sky, send out there into the atmosphere, and hope somebody hears it and puts it to good use. Uh, But either way, Roman Reigns should be defending that title a lot. Roman Reigns should be showing us he can wrestle, and he's not in the main event. If he's a U.S. champion, he's not in the main event. Play this right, and when he does go back to the main event and wins that title again, people will treat it much differently than they have in the past. I promise you. All right. I really did not expect to talk for an hour. I really didn't. So if you have made it this long, I want to thank you. We're not done yet. Obviously, there's the main event to go. But I want to thank you for sticking with us here on By the Book. I hope I've entertained, maybe informed, even if all you get out of this is a recipe for lasagna soup. I'm a happy guy. It was actually fun to talk about food. I'll have to keep doing that for you. The universal title picture. Where do we go from here? Obviously, the Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens storyline is not yet complete. And the easiest booking in the world would be put those guys in a cell. End of story. And there's really nothing wrong with that. Their match was not as exciting as I hoped it would be, but it was still very good. I do think Seth Rollins hurt himself a little bit taking that top rope gut buster. Uh, I think his ribs got injured there a little bit. Not going to say anything about anybody's proclivity to injure people. It happens in wrestling. At least he didn't do a dive and land on his head. Cesaro. So it would make total sense to do that. Rollins versus Owens in a cell. Done. But let's get a little creative. The rumors that I was reading said we were going to get some sort of triple threat match for the Universal title back when Finn Balor had won it. It was probably going to be Balor, Owens, and Jericho, or Balor, Rollins, and Jericho, or something. Now, here's a problem. You've got these two brands, and they're doing monthly pay-per-views in, quote-unquote, competition with each other. Can they both have multi-man matches in the main event? There's already a triple threat match main eventing No Mercy. Can you have a triple threat match main eventing Hell in a Cell? Probably not. It probably should be a singles match. And again, I do think we're going to see Owens versus Rollins in a cell. That's it. What would be funny is you put Jericho in a cage and dangle him from the rafters, but they're never going to do that. So... For creative purposes, we would need more than three people. And somebody, I think it was Wrestling Zone, at Wrestling Zone underscore, I'll give you credit, mentioned Armageddon Hell in a Cell matches and how fun they are. And to be honest, I don't know that I've ever seen one. I've got to get in there and start catching up on all of this stuff I've lost, all this, this wrestling I didn't watch. I don't know when the first Armageddon Hell in a Cell match was. Maybe I have seen it. I remember playing them in video games, a six-person Hell in a Cell elimination match. It's kind of like the chamber without the pods. Uh, maybe they weren't elimination. But either way, I've played them before. They're quite enjoyable. Could you do something like that? Could you have a six-person Hell in a Cell match? Sure you could. The problem you're going to run into, let's address that right off the bat, is roster depth. If you if you need seven or eight matches per pay-per-view and you put six of your top guys in a cell, what does that do to the rest of the card? And that's a very good point. 
you'd have Roman Reigns as a U.S. champion, so there'd be something there. You have your cruiserweights, that would be something. The tag division, the women's division, but still, there would be a depth issue. But let's say they can fix that. Let's have some fun. If we're going to do a six-man Armageddon-Cell match, who goes in it? The obvious three, your champion Owens, Seth Rollins, and Chris Jericho. Now, I could see Chris Jericho fighting Roman Reigns for the U.S. title. That would be fun, too. But those three would make sense. Jericho's in there to help his best friend, but then you start to see him also start to crave that universal title because he's never won that. He's the first unified champion or whatever they call that, but he's never won this universal title, so now there's something he's after. So he's kind of being sneaky little Jericho. So that would be fun. But who would the other three be? Well, Cesaro and Sheamus were promised a title shot with to whoever won. They both put it all on the line. There was no winner. Could you throw those two in? I know many of you are going, oh, God, Sheamus in another title match. But hey, it's a red belt and he's got red hair. It would look hilarious. Just go with that. Plus, you're putting Cesaro in a main event. What else do you need? So that's five, let's say. Let's say we just do those five. Well, who's the sixth guy? It's not going to be Roman Reigns because he's a U.S. champion. It wouldn't make any sense. Could be Brock Lesnar, I suppose. But I don't think we see him for quite a while. Your other two options are really Rusev and Sami Zayn. Now, Sami Zayn makes more sense. Uh, From a storyline perspective, he's got the feud with Jericho that he's still kind of in the middle of. He's obviously got history with Kevin Owens. Those two are always going to uh, be at odds with each other, most likely. He's there with Rollins. I don't, you know, there's probably no history there. If you want to go back further, there's the history between Zayn and Cesaro from NXT. I wish they'd acknowledge that. That was the feud that got me into watching NXT. It makes more sense for Sami Zayn. But I want Rusev in this match real bad. I'd put Rusev in here because, again, if there's a time to pull the trigger on this, it's right now. You let him shine. You put him in a six-man match, so he doesn't need to win it. But he needs to look like he belongs, and he needs to look like at any given point he can beat any of the other people he's in the ring with. And that makes him... Whether it's down the line, whether it's, you know, I'm totally okay with a Rusev-Kevin Owens fight. So, at some point, but you put him in there, and now you've got Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Rusev. You've got four big, strong, in-your-face fighters. You've got Seth Rollins, who can do high-flying stuff, and you've got Chris Jericho, who's your savvy veteran, who's probably going to spend a lot of time hiding on the outside being hilarious. That's a perfect blend. You've got everything you need. You've got high-flying, you've got brawling, you've got power, you've got wrestle silly, you're in a cell, it's the main event, anything can happen. There's still the potential of Triple H. By the way, I agree with the New Age Insiders. Triple H should cost... We shouldn't see him. Maybe he shows up at Survivor Series. Maybe he shows up at the Rumble. But you stretch this out to WrestleMania. You can do it. It's not that far away. You can stretch out Rollins, Triple H, until Mania. Those six guys in a cell, main eventing, I think that's a lot of fun. And that's a main event match 
that makes that pay-per-view something special. And in the end, that's what we all want, isn't it? We want these pay-per-views to have something special in them. That's what makes these shows these A shows that we're all hoping for. I hope you have found this show to be something special. I'm happy with this. you saying this was a B show of By the Book, if only for the alliteration. But I hope you've enjoyed the hour and change we've spent together. My name is DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. Please follow me, follow Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. Follow all the great members of the NAI Network and the neighborhood in general. If you have questions, if you want to educate me on any of the many things I've asked you about, please send me an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Find me on the Twitter. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash newageinsiders. Get yourself some merch. We have these great DDT Wrestling shirts. They want you to wear them. They're calling to you. Hello, wear me, wear me. I don't know why they're British, but it doesn't matter. Got a lot of fans over there in UK, NAI UK, who are rocking out the DDT Wrestling merchandise. You should want to be like them. Thank you for joining us here on By the Book. I hope you enjoy your night of wrestling, your week, your month, the year. It is 2016. I dare say there has been no better time to be a wrestling fan. Enjoy life. Promote positivity and find your happy. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. And until we meet again, my friends, I'll see you around the neighborhood.